Welcome to the investor presentation for FS Mid result for quarter one 22. Uh, my name is Mikko Ketano here joined by, by Roland and as you can see from the pictures uh, we have happy faces so we are very pleased with the result of the first quarter. Uh, sun is shining outside uh, the office in Copenhagen so, so life is quite good at the moment. Forward-looking statement, uh, please note that, uh, note that there's a high level of uncertainty because of geopolitics and other events. So when we are making future uh, statements, you need to use this disclaimer uh, on, on the back of your mind. Then starting uh, with a more somber note regarding uh, war in Ukraine and uh, impact it has for the, for the people and, and, and for the business. We told to the market that uh, we were forecasting 1.5 billion DKK revenues out of Russia this year. In the first quarter we realized about uh, 380 million out of 1.5 billion. And there's still high level of uncertainty what ha will happen during this year for the difference between 1.5 billion and 380. We are winding down our activities in Russia and of course it has an impact on, on uh, our profitability as well. We talk about uh, employees, we talk about supply chain, sub-suppliers, customers, but we are winding down activities in Russia and that comes with a cost and therefore it has some uh, negative impact on, on, on our profitability this year. On the highlights for the year or for the quarter, the main highlight is that mining business is growing fast in, term, in terms of order intake, both capital and service. Second highlight is that uh, cement is profitable. Very important po points for, for the business. And third point is that we can deliver, which is visible in the, in the revenues. We'll talk about orders in a minute. And, and I'd like to highlight that the four large orders in mining capital are product orders. So we are fully committed to de-risking our portfolio to make sure that then when we see those orders as a revenues in one and a half years of time, two years of time, we execute the orders at, as, uh, with the sold margin. We have announced partnership with Microsoft and Aveva, where we use those platforms to accelerate digitalization and sustainability what ambitions what we have in-house. We will talk about uh, details of that uh, at a later date, but uh, those are important partnerships. TK acquisition is uh, progressing well, and I'll come back to that in a minute about uh, in which countries we got clearances. And then on Mission Zero, sustainability credentials, we got an important order for clay calcination for cement business. We are guiding the market that we keep the guidance, 
But then on mining EBITDA margin, we will be at the lower end of the guidance because of that is a cost from winding down the business in, in Russia. A very significant growth in order intake in mining. 30% growth in service, 60% growth in capital business. But you, of course, need to bear in mind that uh, capital business is quite spiky. So you will see variation between the quarters. And typically, I would encourage you to look at the trend of the capital order intake. We still have a theme value over volume, especially for the capital business. We started de-risking the portfolio, which is uh, maybe not so evident in this picture where we see significant growth. But we've taken more product orders and we turned down, we made no bid, deci no bid decisions on some of the riskier, riskier uh, products and projects. It's quite evident now in the market that uh, we have pricing power. So if I look at the order and take quality in terms of profitability and risk, we are advancing there. And the pricing power is based on uh, products, technology, what we have, and also our supply chain. Supply chain is increasingly important decision criteria for our uh, customers. Just highlighting a couple of large product orders uh, that we've received during the quarter. Australia is a single product, ship loader. Argentina is mills and cyclones. Uh, in Brazil is kiln and a dryer. Southeast Asia, mills and thickeners. What we've done with these orders and in the rest of the business that we spend time scoping out the content that is not good for us in terms of risk and profitability. We focus on core technology, core products of ours. And all these uh, cases are evidence of that one. The message in the revenue of mining is that we can deliver. We can deliver and, and therefore we saw increase in service revenue and we saw significant hike in capital revenue. And that mix has an adverse impact on the overall margin. So we saw margin staying flat. And the best comparison point uh, between last year first quarter and, and this quarter is adjusted EBITDA margin because we did not see too much of the TK acquisition cost in the first quarter last year. So in very simple terms, EBITDA has stayed flat despite significantly higher share of the, of the, of the capital business. The good news out of the TK mining acquisition and integration planning and antitrust process is that we got 
unconditional clearances in very significant markets, Australia, South Africa, Peru and Chile. Those are the key mining markets. There are still few countries where we are expecting clearance, but this evidence that, that uh, those countries saw no need to require any remedies as a result of this acquisition. So very pleased about that one. We will open up this uh, uh, approach to the risk and, and uh, profitability management even more in the capital market day in, in uh, maybe fourth quarter this year. But what we are doing now is that uh, we go for strict global PL management, where the, we have uh, three main PL units service, products, and systems. And as you can guess, the profitability and risk is low in service business, low is in products, and higher in system, systems business, which is more engineered products, higher risk uh, products like uh, stackers, reclaimers, and the types. And then in each business line, we have a fairly self-sustained product lines, and the product lines are for us EBITDA units, and they are like Lego blocks that we can performance manage and actively manage our portfolio across the business. At the same time, we started de-risking the capital business, which means that uh, we are targeting more for the product business and less projects. And we defined uh, risk categories, starting from service, low-risk products, bundle of products, uh, process packets, and, and their, their onwards. And then we are also looking at complexity of the product. As I said, in system business, we have more complex products and deliveries compared to the product business line, which is more standardized. And we will be setting quotas for higher risk business and then higher margin targets to cover the risk uh, in those deliveries. And we will implement very systemic approach for this one, quota-based. And we've done the definitions, we started to work, and we will bring this more under control in, in uh, latter part of the year. The good news in the cement business is that uh, service business is growing. We are very careful about the capital business where we focus more on products and technology deliveries and less on projects. And we will implement similar principles for risk and quota for cement as we are doing for the mining. I'm really proud of uh, our cement business that they posted positive EBITDA margin for the quarter. And here the best measure is adjusted EBITDA because uh, 3.6 is including one of uh, gains from sale of the property. So for the first quarter we are posting 
profitable result. And that is a focus in, in cement, profitable growth only. We don't go after volume, we focus on service, we focus on products, and then we focus on mission zero credentials in everything what we do. And then I hand over to Roland to continue with the more detailed financials. <clears throat> Thank you for that, uh, Miko. And uh, adding up the numbers, uh, a uh, more than 40% growth in order intake, 27% growth in revenue, leaving us with an EBITDA of 302 uh, million Danish kroner and an EBITDA margin of 6.4%. Uh, clearing financial costs, clearing taxes, uh, leaves us with a net profit of 123 million uh, consolidated for the first quarter. If we look at the combined revenue, uh, it's growing by 23%, and as Miko says, it shows that uh, we can deliver. Uh, it's notable that uh, the capital share of total revenue is significantly up compared to the same uh, quarter last year, and this is driven by mining. Also, it's clear that our order intake now, the book-to-bill ratio, is, is significantly above one eye. We're generating uh, significantly more orders than we are uh, executing uh, revenue. If we look at our gross profit, uh, our gross profit is uh, moving forward in terms of a million Danish kroner. However, compared to the uh, quarter last year, our gross margin is, is down. And uh, this sits primarily in uh, mining, where the the capital share uh, of uh, total revenue is significantly higher, but also a little bit uh, from inflation and from uh, uh, longer lead times in the supply chain. Cement uh, is more uh, stable with regard to capital and service split, and uh, the impact from uh, the reshaping is now starting to, to sit in the numbers and bringing uh, cement forward also on their gross margin for the quarter. If we look at our SGNA cost, uh, they are up by 12%, uh, driven by uh, uh, both extraordinary costs of, of, of 37 million related to the TK integration and also netted back a gain of 23 million from a sale of property in US that sits in our cement business. There's also a little bit of wage inflation and some higher travel costs compared to the same quarter last year. However, in terms of revenue, our percentage is now uh, down to uh, a bit more than 15% of uh, revenue. Our EBITDA margin <coughs> is moving forward on a consolidated basis to 6.4% from 5.1% uh, same quarter last year. And it's predominantly driven by revenue. Our gross margin is, is slightly down, as we talked about, uh, predominantly because of the higher share of capital revenue. Um, and that leaves us uh, uh, with a, a reported EBITDA margin of 6.4%. If we adjust for uh, both the TK integration cost, but also the income from sale of property, the adjusted uh, margin would be 6.7% uh, for the quarter. If we look at our networking capital, uh, as expected networking capital increased in Q1, we have decisively chosen to raise our inventory levels a few places in the world, predominantly to, uh, to cater for uh, uh, potential and uncertainty in delivery times in the supply chain. There's also a little bit of uh, currency in, in, in this number. And then, as expected, we have uh, 
executed uh, significantly on the, the capital backlog and thereby also build uh, work in progress. So a, an expected increase in working capital of about uh, 300 million for uh, the quarter. Total uh, uh, networking uh, capital ratio uh, is still well below 10, 11%, so sits at 7.3% for the quarter. And that uh, leaves us with a slight negative cash flow uh, for the quarter, uh, EBDA of, of 366, uh, correcting for the change in, in networking capital and also taxes has been paid leaves us with uh, minus 70 million Danish kroner in uh, uh, CFFO cash flow from operations for the group. Uh, CFFI here is positive due to the sale of uh, property uh, in US and that leaves us with a free cash flow of uh, minus uh, 35 million for uh, the quarter. Our capital structure in terms of equity, uh, equity ratio is largely uh, unchanged. Our net uh, interest-bearing debt remains uh, negative. Uh, we still have cash sitting uh, waiting, for, uh, waiting for the TK acquisition to be paid out when it expectedly closes during second half of uh, 2022. And with regards to our 2022 guidance, we maintain our guidance However, we will uh, make a precision uh, for mining, and that means that we expect to uh, trend towards the lower end of the uh, EBITDA margin guidance of 8.5 to 9.5%. And this is predominantly driven by uh, the war in Ukraine that leads us to uh, lose revenue in Russia and also incur significant costs in terms of winding down the business that we have in Russia. We maintain the, uh, the guidance for cement and uh, also uh, the guidance for group uh, remains uh, unchanged. And with that, I'll give it back to uh, Miko. Some of the highlights regarding uh, sustainability. I would like to highlight that uh, uh, we had some uh, Part of last year, where we saw negative development in safety, now we are back on track. We have renewed focus on that one, so that's uh, important to note. Heavily, heavily focused on that by the by the management around the globe. And second highlight is that uh, the clay calcination installation in Ghana. It is one of those uh, 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 credentials and references that cement needs to build to be the market leader. In, in sustainability, it's really important reference case for us. And then uh, partnership for the Microsoft Aveva, both accelerating our journey in digital and digital related services, and then sustainability. Those are the highlights here. Then before going to the to the uh, uh, Q and A, uh, maybe summary of the of the quarter is that. Uh, Super order intake in, in mining, both in, in uh, service and capital. And with the capital, you need to bear in mind that there's significant quarterly variations. We, it's evident that we have a pricing power. We can uh, compensate the infl significant inflation in the cost base with the price increases. So we don't see profitability erosion as a result of inflation. We had continue de-risking portfolio. We are doing it more and more tighter and tighter quarter by quarter. And also highlighting the fact that we can deliver. 
and it has some impact on increase in, in inventories and few other things, but we focus that we can deliver uh, both in, in capital and service. And the final highlight is that we have a profitable cement business. Then for the QA. Uh, then uh, we move on to the QA. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you do have a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad to register. Once again, that's zero one on your telephone keypad to register. Our first question does come from the line of Magnus Kruber from UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Nico. from UBS. A couple of questions from me. First, if we start with the aftermarket orders in mining, obviously very strong. Is there something there in particular this quarter that drove the, 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 the solid uh, order intake? Perhaps some spare part order or something associated with other large uh, announced orders. Uh, and also, how should we think about the conversion of the backlog at this stage? Should we expect an acceleration through this year, or is there anything else holding back the invoicing of the, of the service backlog? So we saw significant uh, order intake in uh, more profitable part of the service in spare parts and wear parts. And we saw also the, the what I said about pricing power that, uh, that uh, we are getting, we are able to compensate inflation plus maybe a bit more uh, for the pricing. So it has been really driven by the kind of most profitable part of the service. Uh, some uh, growth in labor-related services, but longer term uh, we are looking uh, more to move away from the basic labor services because of the low profitability and then uh, transforming in, into high, high expertise service companies. So over time you see reduction in relative reduction of the labor services and then higher share of the, of the space and wares. And we saw some of that already in, in the first quarter, so that uh, growth was really healthy in, in, in space and wares. Uh, and, and the upgrade and retrofit was, uh, was quite stable. So, so good growth in healthy part of the business. And, and uh, we are, there has been slightly longer lead times. You ask about the conversion. We have seen slightly longer lead times for the space and wares because of logistics, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's not really impacting the customer operations and, and uh, our kind of future revenues too much, but it's, it's a longer lead time than in the past. But we are working with the supply chain, we are working with an increase in inventory so that we can ensure excellent service level to, to our customers. So Roland commented about slight increase in inventories uh, for that reason. Got it. Thank you so much. But it was a quite a strong sequential pickup there. So there's nothing unusual about this or nothing that's related to the larger orders that you announced on the OE side. No, it was broad-based and it's driven by the, the by our customers being almost uh, whatever is record profitable, but it's at, at really, really profitable businesses uh, what our customers are running. And of course, uh, uncertainty about Russia production it, it makes even more incentive for the rest of the world, uh, North America, South America, Australia, uh, many other countries to kind of uh, maximize the production of what they can bring to the market. And that has a positive impact for the space of wares as well. Nobody's holding back anything. And also that uh, we see the positive impact also for the, for the capex that uh, 
the business cases, for example, if you're a lithium producer, is super good. And, and almost regardless of your capex, whether it's up or down 50% or 40% or 60%, the business case has improved significantly for many commodities. And that is, uh, that is uh, driving also the uh, capex. Perfect. Thank you so much. And, and uh, also, could you talk a little bit about the component availability and the availability of, of, of logistics? I mean, to what degree are these impacting your, your, your cost level and your invoicing capabilities at this point? It seems to have been doing well so far, but, but how do you see uh, the balance of the Is it getting difficult, more difficult or, or, or is it so stable or improving? So lead times are getting longer in some of the uh, some of the components. It's more impacting capital business. So if we talk about service business, then it's uh, we talk about maybe lead time instead of uh, uh, sixty days is seventy days. So instead of thirty days is is uh, forty days. So it's uh, it's still within the kind of reasonable uh, uh, kind of frame. But in the capital business, in some of the uh, Capital goods mills, for example, large capital goods, then lead time for large mill has gone up maybe from one year to two years. So we see more that the delay uh, or, or long lead times between order and then, then um, delivery in, in, in big capital, capital orders. And, and uh, customers are also sometimes sp splitting the orders so that if they have a, a project, then they are looking at the long lead time orders uh, prior to ordering the rest. And, and, and customers are planning for that one already, or have been doing so for the last uh, half a year. Interesting. Thank you so much. And then finally, could you comment a bit more on how we should think about the backlog conversion on the larger project in mining? That would be very helpful. I mean, given you, you, have, a, you have a balance this year on, on, on uh, maybe 600 million in, in, in Russia for importing for the rest of the, of the year. Um, yeah, I think talk a little bit about that and what you expect. Yeah, so so in terms of uh, backlog conversion, I think I think we are roughly on track compared what we uh, what we had planned to. But obviously, the Russia situation will lead us to uh, you know redirect some of the equipment that was meant for Russia somewhere else. So some of that revenue will be delayed compared to to our initial thinking. But you know the the anticipation is now that we can partly compensate the Russian revenue loss but redirecting some of the resources, some of that equipment to other places in our backlog that will then be accelerated. So slower, but, you know, partly mitigating. Got it. The comment from last quarter about the stronger Q1 to Q3 and the weaker Q4, is that, is that still largely relevant? Yeah, so Q4 will largely be unchanged. So, so the, 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 the large orders was expected to be uh, delivered in Q1, Q2, Q3, and then the split would, would slowly but surely change. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'll be back tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Max Yates from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Um, just my first question is a, a clarification on the, the mining uh, guidance. I, I think you mentioned that the, the margins would be at the lower end uh, of, of the prior guidance because of winding down of the Russia business. I just wanted to understand, is, is that just a function of not delivering and that causes inefficiencies, or are you actually taking any above-the-line charges or provisions um, related to that business? Therefore, I'm just trying to think about 
kind of is it is it just to do with deliveries or actually is it a, a kind of a, a provision that you've taken that would subsequently drop out next year? <clears throat> yeah, so thank you for that. So so we have not taken any extraordinary write downs or, or charges, but obviously uh, winding down the business uh, in Russia will lead us to uh, you know lose a certain certain margin. That's admittedly not the largest margin we have. And then there's also cost of uh, refurbishing equipment. There's significant cost to, uh, to legal assistance in terms of what we need to do. Um, and there will be uh, rerouting costs uh, related to, to whatever option we will choose to do. So it, it's a number of extra operational costs and, and also a certain uh, loss of margin. That's how you should think about it. There's no write-down of, uh, of assets in Russia. We, we don't have a lot. We have offices. We also have a few spare part warehouses and so on, but they have not been taking charges on those. And uh, we haven't impaired any of uh, anything in the, in the backlog either. Uh, okay. And, and, and just, the, just the second question. I mean, when we're obviously in a, a kind of fairly inflationary uh, in environment. So, so just when we think about the, the large orders that you're taking now, obviously it's quite difficult to, to sort of understand where logistics costs will be in, in six, 12 months' time, where wage, wages will be. So could, could you just walk us through kind of exactly what you do potentially around surcharges, hedging on kind of projects that we're taking at the moment? That, that kind of can help us get comfortable that, that the subsequent margins on these will, will be perhaps the ones that you're, you're kind of assuming today. How, how does that work in practice? Uh, so for the large capital orders, uh, we have back-to-back arrangements for the, our key sub-suppliers. If I use, for example, mill as an example, which is uh, maybe 90% material cost. So when we get a customer order, at the same time, we have a commitment from... Uh, from uh, foundry and casting supplier for their price. So we, we are fixing sub-supplier price at the same time as we are creating customer price. And, and we have a kind of window of, of uh, one or two or three weeks when we can do that. So when we are quoting, we say that price is valid for two weeks or three weeks. And then if we don't have agreement for the customer before that, we need to price check from sub-supplier because sub-suppliers are giving similar type of commitment. So we are kind of locking in the most uh, critical parts of the supply. So most of the material cost, what is in the product cost, is actually kind of locked. And then we are more and more looking at logistics as a cost plus, so that if we, if we are organizing logistics, then we say that uh, we do cost plus, that we, 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 we cannot even forecast uh, the cost of logistics, either, either customers organizing the pickup, or then if we organize that one, then we typically have more cost plus type arrangement because uh, that's the only way to, to control the, the kind of the logistics cost. And, and uh, so, so, so and, and I say, said about pricing power that, that uh, we have a certain uh, target margins for the capital goods. And, and uh, despite the inflation in the cost base, we've been able to secure the target margins for, for, for capital goods. And then we more now focus on de-risking the order so that we can actually execute and deliver with the assault margin. So I think we are pretty, pretty much there with the kind of order intake margin, but then we have still work to do de-risking the portfolio so that we don't uh, have any margin erosion at the time of uh, delivery. So that's, that's uh, now the focus. Okay. 
Um, maybe just two kind of very quick ones. So just just firstly, kind of as as we moved into kind of this quarter, and obviously things with kind of China logistics, China lockdowns have have accelerated. Um, so I'm just wondering whether kind of across your suppliers, as we move into this quarter, uh, have you seen any kind of material disruption in your ability to sort of finalize and finish deliveries of, of or manufacturing of um, or assembly of your, your offering and delivery to customers? How's that? Has, has that impacted you at all? So, so we, we have a fairly agile, agile logistics and supply chain. So we see month-on-month uh, -month variations with the on-time delivery from suppliers and from us to, to our customers. But uh, uh, as you said, there's a flare-up of the restrictions suddenly in China, in Shanghai. Uh, then a month later, you have a kind of a, a big uh, <coughs> issue in, 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 uh, in a port of, of Los Angeles that, uh, for the incoming goods. So, but we've been able to navigate that one. And, and uh, if I look at the second and third month of the quarter, for the for the for the space awareness, for example, uh, we saw the improvement in on-time delivery between uh, second and third months. So there are of course challenges every now and then, but we've been able to 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 improve those. So now we can see improvement in OTD. So that's why I say that I'm actually proud of our supply chain and logistics. It has been it's not perfect because nothing can be perfect at this time, but it's actually. We believe that it's one of the reasons why we are getting orders, why we are competitive, because customers get a nice feeling that, that it's kind of under control. Far from perfect, but uh, well under control. Fantastic. Very, very quick housekeeping one. Just on, on Tissen, uh, integration costs, do you have a kind of any or any sort of guidance of what those costs could be in Q2? Um, should, should we anticipate, uh, I, I think you had 42 million of costs last year. Is there any kind of guidance within the 110 what the costs could look like in Q2? I would anticipate similar level in Q2 as you saw in Q1. Okay, clear. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Gustav Swerin from Handelsbanken. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. A few questions for me. Uh, firstly, on the uh, one and a half billion in sales um, for, for Russia this year, <clears throat> how much was that was uh, expected to be service? And uh, in, in the upper range of your mining guidance on sales now, does that imply that you can sell a majority of the uh, equipment intended for Russia to other geographies? That's the first one. Yeah, so, so by far the majority of the uh, expected Russian revenue was capital business. Um, and uh, and uh, the second part of the question is that that equipment we will, uh, we will pursue to have redirected under other orders. And that will partly mitigate that revenue loss out of Russia. That's how, that's how we're thinking about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, secondly, on the on the order intake, how how much was Russia in Q1? Ah, uh, next next to nothing. Yeah. Next to nothing. Because we don't take any new business. There was some something uh, out of existing contract, something, but we don't take any new business in Russia. So basically, nothing. Yeah, I mean, you did, you did an excellent tell well, a couple of months into the quarter. But okay, limit numbers. Uh, lastly, on, on the gross margin decline in mining, uh, can you give a, a rough indication of how much uh, inflation was, was dragging year over year? 
the inflation, uh, if I think about product cost, which is uh, have a significant impact on on uh, on, on on capital business. So it, it varies a lot between different products, but uh, but uh, kind of. Uh, Inflation. If you look at the overall inflation in in in, in uh, North America and and, and Europe, uh, uh, I think it's uh, in many products is is uh, higher than that. But uh, but it depends really a lot of type of product what we talk about. But it's uh, it's quite significant. But but in in terms of how it impacts our gross margin, if that was the question, it would be less probably less than one percent. Uh, perhaps a last one. Uh, do you get any signs of miners bringing back idle capacity over the past couple of months in response to what's happening with Russia, etc.? I don't think there's too much idle capacity. I think uh, with the current commodity prices, I think everybody's trying to maximize their production in most of the commodities. Uh, so so, so that, that is also evident in our, our space and waste business as Nobody's holding back anything if you need to kind of keep the kind of get the space away to keep the, the, the kind of running. And also that we see an increase in the smaller uh, kind of capital orders, which has to do with the kind of increasing capacity, either in existing plants or then, then uh, good level activity in lithium and gold, kind of small, smaller new developments. So uh, we see that... Uh, that uh, Operators outside Russia is looking to compensate potential uh, decline in the in the output from that region. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Aurelio Calderon from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Mika Roland. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, the first question is, uh, coming back to Magnus's question on the uh, aftermarket or the growth in mining, obviously very strong number. I wonder if you could break up a little bit um, how much of that was pricing, how much you think uh, could be done to some double ordering ahead of, um, as you mentioned, customers really uh, increasing production or keeping production at very, very high levels. Um, I'm just trying to sense check whether an underlying level of demand would be going forward once we kind of strip out pricing, we strip out um, potential effects of double ordering, what would be the real volume number? So, so real volume number is actually, uh, of course, slightly impacted by pricing, but it's less than in capital goods because in, uh, in so it's actually the growth is, is uh, real volume. Most of that is real volume growth rather than kind of a uh, price and inflation on, on the cost base because of, of the different type of business. So the product cost, of course, out of the, the space away is significantly less than in, in capital. So it's... it's uh, Mostly volume growth, of course, some some uh, some uh, small impact on 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 pricing and 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 kind of uh, inflation of, of the of the materials, but it's mainly true volume growth. So just to clarify, the kind of thirty percent growth that you had is mainly volume. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, perfect. And um, second question is um, obviously when you look at the backlog for for delivery, um, it's kind of. Uh, the backlog for delivery um, beyond um, the next few years is, uh, has expanded quite significantly. I think it's now standing at 20-odd percent versus 11 percent last year. What is driving that? Is it just the nature of the project or is it um, the global supply chain, which is basically pushing your deliveries um, forward into, into the future? Yeah, so, so if it's our allocation of the backlog you're referring to, and I think it is, that was a little bit bad line, Correct. then we have put 
the 2.6 million that relates to Russia, we have put that in the bucket saying uh, 24, uh, 2024 and, and, and later, because we don't know what's going to ha uh, happen with it. So you need to take the backlog, uh, pull out the 2.6, and then we will deliver the rest, 40% uh, this year, 40% next year, and then some 20% uh, from 24 and onwards. I see. So it's just the effect of putting the 2.6 billion of Russia into yes. that bucket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and maybe a final question from my side, and it's um, coming back to this 2.6 billion of um, of backlog that you have in Russia. I think you mentioned your balance sheet exposure is quite um, small in terms of uh, spare parts and, and so on. Um, but, I, but I wonder if you can, um, if you have any warranties, any down payments within. I think you disclosed 3.2 billion of contingent liabilities. Um, can you disclose how much of that is linked to this uh, 2.6 billion of of backlog that you have in Russia? We, we, we had some prepayments in, in Q4 last year, and that related to, uh, to, to the Russian, uh, Russian business. So it, I think it's important to highlight there's some uncertainty on how that will end, that, you know, that we have decided to wind down our business in Russia, and we have uh, a backlog of 2.6 billion ahead of us. So, so far, you know, we expect that we'll be able to, to, to handle that, but there's uncertainty as to how. I mean, you know, I, I, I will not give details on, on, uh, on our net uh, work in progress and so on on the Russian business, but say that we received a significant chunk of prepayments on the Russian projects in Q4, and we still have those. Okay, um, that's very helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Will Turner from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi there. Um, just following on from the last question, actually, um, given the comments that you've made um, so far with material cost and procurement being the biggest, largest part of um, the um, capital business, when we look at that, obviously, strong growth, is the, is the largest part of that price increases? Um, and has there obviously been meaningful volume growth there as well? Uh, it's, it's, it's a largely uh, non-price uh, or cost escalation related, but it's just uh, significantly supported by basically by cost increase in, in the material cost and, the, and, and our pricing target. That is supporting the growth. So, so it will be less if you think about in terms of physical volume, but still dominantly uh, just kind of a proper order growth. Uh, not take into account the cost increase and then, then pricing targets. But it's definitely that is supporting the number. So it would be less than if you would take out the impact of the cost increase in the products and then, then uh, our margin targets. But uh, again, it's very product specific that in, in some products, the product cost escalation has been very significant. In some other product areas, it's much less. So it's very product specific. So it's difficult to give you one number. Okay, right, that's great. And then um, in terms of the outlook for the capital business, you emphasized how um, it's lumpy. Um, I can understand why you're still pretty um, constricted on the services, but can you just give us a, a bit more kind of color on what you, how you're expecting the capital business to develop um, during the remainder of the year? Um, and, and is there any particular vertical way of seeing um, particularly high activity? I think uh, we will see some low quarters in terms of order intake because then, then of course, the, the first quarter is extremely high and sometimes has to do also with the timing. 
timing of individual orders and it's not really in our hands customers uh, decide when they decide and 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 uh, uh, but I still expect uh, the healthy growth uh, also for the capital business for the year and and uh, but there's of course uncertain about uh, global inflation this and that but but of course then as long as the commodity prices are are, are good it's it's supporting uh, supporting uh, the growth but at the same time we are putting more emphasis of selecting uh, uh, I discussed briefly about the model that, that we start putting uh, quotas and higher margin targets for the riskier stuff. So we actually, we don't go for growth at any cost. And then we will be more selective what orders we take in. And it, has, it means that in some cases we don't go for the maximum volume or we will not go, I know that. And uh, because we want to see when we execute these orders in, in one and a half, two years of time, we want to see the same margin as what we sold them to. And, and uh, uh, I said earlier that I feel that we've advanced a lot uh, in, in, in our pricing, in capital business, but the, we still have work to do de-risking the portfolio. So we are taking de-risking uh, portfolio very seriously now. Okay, great. Um... And on, uh, on um, the working capital, um, I was a little bit surprised with the large order intake, um, the large capital order intake growth, that the working capital didn't um, go down more with um, higher prepayments. Um, but going forward, is this shift towards being more product-focused rather than um, systems-focused, um, meaning that you will probably see a higher working capital intensity uh, in the future? Um, and and how should we expect that to develop? Uh, um, so, so we are shifting. Uh, you, you are right. What you've seen in my some of the earlier commentary as well. We are shifting much more to become a more product and service focused company. And 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 we we started already restricting the so called extended scope, what is sometimes available in the projects. And and uh, we could do it, but we don't want to do it because it's high risk and and, and low margin, and then you, there's no aftermarket. Uh, steel structures, this and that. You have lots of extended sco scope available when customers are building the plants, but we feel that we are not the best company to be involved in that type of business. There are other companies who do that better. So we, we more strictly focus on our products, Prandello products, and, and can give a process guarantee for customer that, that uh, basically uh, our, our kind of a flow sheet performs to the standards and, and to the specs, but, but uh, we are scoping out uh, the rest. So that is clear trend, and we started doing that already. And, and we, we're not necessarily guiding on, on working capital, but the, what, what, we ha what we have said is that the, the, the level of working capital in Q4 and also out of Q1, even though it went the wrong way, is relatively low. And a more realistic working capital level is 10 or 11% of, of revenues moving forward. So that's, I think that's what you should be, uh, be guided by. Great, thanks. Thank you. Our next question comes from Klaus Alma from Nordea. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Yeah, I have a few questions also. The first is about the greenfield opportunities. In the report, you mentioned uh, greenfield opportunities in Australia. And I think this is you know, the first time in a very long time that you're actually talking positive about greenfield uh, projects. So is this uh, meaning we should expect 
Greenfield uh, orders this year, you know, to, to pick up, or is more into next year? Or how should we actually understand this comment in the report? That would be the first one. So, so there's been already some Greenfield orders what we have uh, have today uh, in our books. Uh, I think we announced the cold cold uh, uh, flowsit order. So typically they are they are smaller at the moment. So typically large investments are more going for the copper and then iron ore, but then there's a lot of activity in lithium, uh, other battery metals, then gold, and typically those from investment point of view, they are smaller. And lithium is extremely active, as all of us know, because of, of the high demand. And, uh, but uh, lithium order for us is, is, uh, is kind of medium-sized order, and, and typically bundle of products. So we see that kind of activity quite high in different parts of the world. But then the timing is an issue because that has to do with authorities giving operating license, environmental license, and in many countries kind of social license that uh, they are able to, to, to start operation. But uh, lots of activity, but it's not uh, less in, in super large uh, copper uh, kind of iron ore investments. But uh, battery metals uh, and gold is active at the moment. Okay, just to be sure, so we should hope, expect more Greenfield uh, orders this year, but in the same magnitude size as we saw in Q1. Uh, so it's, it's a stable development there, but it's not making sometimes big headlines because from an investment point of view, uh, the, those are a kind of a, what we categorize kind of a large product orders. So it's okay. kind of, for us, it's like a day-to-day business. It's a low-risk, uh, good product business, what we can do in those opportunities. Sure. Okay. And then coming back to the, the remark about the order intake timing, you said something like, uh, yes, it was very strong in Q1, but we, there could also be quarters with, with soft or lower activity level. That was at least as I understood your comment. Is that a comment about Q2 that now you had this very strong Q1, the pipeline might be a little bit, you know, uh, taken in Q1, and therefore we had to, you have to use one or two quarters to to move forward the the, the pipeline. Or how should we actually understand that comment? So, so I wouldn't pay too much attention to the quarterly order intake. Now we celebrate, of course, then the great quarter one. But then I'm typically looking at kind of rolling averages for the capital business because making estimates on on quarter on quarter is quite difficult because it has to do with the customer's decision about award of the contract and, and uh, that can easily be delay, delayed by one quarter, two quarters, and we see much of that. So it's, uh, it's unpredictable, but, uh, but uh, just uh, noting that uh, it's not going to be like uh, the, uh, the first quarter repeated every quarter. So it will be, there will be quarters that uh, we see more muted growth in capital just because of timing. So it's good to look at over the course of the year rolling 12 months, and, and then you get the picture of what's happening in the capital business. Kind of quarter-on-quarter comparison is good in the service, but then uh, more, more challenging for, for capital. Okay, that makes sense. And then just a final question as to the guidance for the cement business. Uh, you did uh, underline 2% and including the, 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 the gain, 3-plus uh, percent, and you're keeping 1% to 2% for the full year. So, so how should we think about that? Is it cautious, or are you predicting margins to decline in the coming quarters? Uh, so it was two uh, percent excluding uh, that sale of the property. So the kind of uh, the underlying business was two percent, and and uh, and that is within our target range. And and uh, we know that we are not out of the woods yet regarding cement business. So 
so I think guidance is, is, uh, is right what, in our opinion. And, and uh, we will continue focusing more on the service business, product business, and then, then uh, try to, as I said earlier, de-risk, uh, reduce uh, the project part of the, of the business, because then that's the best way to assure consistent quote-unquote profitability. But as long as we have uh, projects in the, in the backlog, then, then there's more variations always. So we go for the sustainable profitability also in cement business. So that's why we are, we are keeping the guidance the same. But, but we are, of course, on top of the guidance now, and, and, uh, and we, will, we will stick with our guidance. Okay, and just a small final one about TK mining. You know, looking from the outside, in your view, all this price adjustment, you know, the, the, the strong uh, pricing environment and demand situation, should this also help uh, TK mining, given the, the product assortment they have? Of course it should. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a right comment. And, and uh, Because, of course, uh, I, I don't have a clean room access, but, uh, but I see the market activity. So what we discussed uh, in the past, that we, uh, we are expecting better mix between capital and service. So that is... Uh, that is, from our point of view, point of view good. But of course, uh, uh, TK will have some impact from Russia as well. So I think uh, on, on, uh, we expect a more balanced mix between uh, service and uh, capital, and, and, uh, and, and uh, then uh, orders and revenues having some impact from Russia as well, because just looking, uh, knowing the, from outside the activity of, of, of TK mining. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Vlad Zegievsky from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks very much. Uh, can I start with following up on pretty spectacular services orders in mining? Uh, can you comment on book to bill there? It's around 1.4 times, and I don't think you have ever seen these levels in the past. What's driving that? Is it basically because what used to be book and turn quick orders before is now being pre-ordered by the customer. So, so uh, if I think about uh, starting from customer activity, quite often, uh, if if you have if you're building a new plant, so you you place long lead time items first, and and uh, in some cases might be meals, and in last meals, the the delivery time is uh, uh, is, is very long, so it's uh, uh, it can be two years, for example. And, and, uh, and that means that it's, uh, uh, the, it's getting longer between a uh, book and then we can actually uh, bill it. And then, then of course, uh, then also, uh, POC progress reporting on that one has, has some impact on that. I don't know if you want to comment. Uh, the, but basically, lead times are getting longer in, 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 in capital, capital, capital equipment compared to the past, significant, significantly longer. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks very much. I was also thinking about services part, right? In services, it also quite, was quite extensive. And I'm wondering what's, what's really driving that. Is it uh, some potential pre-ordering from your customers uh, due to supply chain constraints that all of us are seeing or not? No, I think, I think uh, maybe, maybe it's also that uh, all the, the mining or most of the mining companies are extremely profitable at the moment and... and uh, then uh, kind of maintenance budget is, is uh, they, they don't want to take any risks in, in, uh, in having any issues in operations so that, that because the pro end, end product price are so good. So, so uh, they take all the measures and it might mean that uh, they are taking some uh, 
more easily order uh, spare parts also to the site to make sure that if something happens, then they have a part available at the site. So I think the overall uh, good business climate in, in, in mining and with our customers is, is creating incentive not to hold back any, any space orders that uh, maybe not trying to optimize too much what they have uh, in stock uh, at the site and what... what so so it, it has to do with that kind of uh, making sure the operations run smooth and... and uh, and, and uh, that is the, uh, showing that, uh, that uh, increase in spare parts orders. That's very helpful. And if I have two quick ones uh, unrelated to that. Uh, so one is on uh, Russia. So you mentioned some potential headwinds uh, to margins from unwinding of Russian business. Uh, would you be able to give any comment on the cash flow implications from this unwinding? Is it positive, neutral, negative? Uh, and also, there was some increase in work-in-progress assets uh, during this first quarter. Would you be able to comment what was that increase related to? Yeah, so, so cash flow impact, is, is, it's uncertain, you know, how, how that will play out. As, as I indicated before, we still have uh, a meaningful uh, prepayment amount on, on, uh, on the Russian business. And there's, there's some uh, work-in-progress, but, but the work-in-progress is also built by other capital business around the world. So it's, it's, it's too soon to, to, to say what, what, how that will play out. Understood. Uh, all clear. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Klaus Kiel from New Credit. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, yes, hello, uh, Klaus Kiel from New Credit. Um, a follow-up question uh, related to, uh, to Russia. I know this is a very complex situation and you probably have some contractual obligations towards the clients and yeah, it, it must be more or less a nightmare. But uh, the point is that you still have 2.6 billion in the backlog related to Russia. So if you are not able to, to deliver these projects to Russia, how easy would it then be for you to sell it to other clients? That would be my first question. And, 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 and I guess it also comes down to whether I should more or less take this out of the backlog or I should keep it in the backlog, assuming you could sell it to other countries. Uh, so <clears throat> I think, uh, first of all, the 2.6 billion is, is a big number, but, but a big chunk of that has not even started yet. So what we're currently unwinding is our existing business in Russia uh, and a few projects under execution. So that's what, we are, that's what we are focusing on. So that means what has already been produced and equipment that we have on hand or on site, that can be used to deliver other parts of the backlog. So it's not both. So that means that this equipment will be used to other parts of the backlog, and internally in, in, in F.L. Smith, most of 2.6 is, is gone. It's not going to happen. We just don't know yet how we will unwind it. But I'm also, it's, uh, the situation is helping that around the world there's uh, uh, quite a lot of demand for the capital goods and then longer lead times. So that helps uh, deployment of the, of, the, of the kind of backlog elsewhere. Okay, so for instance, if it's, it's mills for delivery in 24, just to say something. <laughs> Sorry. Then you, then, then you can deliver the mills to, let's say, South America rather than 
Russia. Is that correctly understood? And then probably you would have yeah, some... We are exploring those options and, and for the really latter part of the backlog, if we haven't even started uh, production, it, it might be that we have booked a slot in the supply chain uh, for the production, but physical production may not have started yet. Uh, it means that it's easier then to direct that to somewhere else because you can still change the specs even a bit because it's not in physical production. And, and Roland said now we are focusing on uh, goods that are in production or, or almost ready to be shipped and, and that is the, now the focus or, or, or semi-finished. Uh, but but the, the ones we are not in active production yet is more easy because it's sometimes even directing that uh, reservation or slot that we have in the supply chain to somewhere else. So now we are dealing with a short-term uh, uh, priority, which is uh, what we have in our hands or, or in production. Okay, okay, got it. And then, then my second question is that you've talked quite a lot about the de-risking the portfolio, de-risking order intake, de-risking backlog. Um, how come you talk that much about this right now and, and and when have you started to implement this change uh, when i was heading the the mining business uh, last year i started doing that but we are kind of uh, squeezing it more and more and and wh why we do it is that uh, you see that uh, the margins are quite low for for some of the capital revenue what we have going through our books now and then uh, we've seen some uh, kind of cost overruns uh, because of the risk involved in certain products. And, and uh, we have pretty good information now when we have visibility for the product line EBITDA or product line profitability that we, we know better which are the riskier products from a kind of profitability point of view. And then uh, what scope not to go after. We started actually discoping uh, the project already last year so that we go more for the products, bundle of products, process packets, and avoid e e even EPS. We, we never do e EPC in, in mining, but even EPS, we are, we are shrinking all the time the portion of that one. Then we are putting uh, different products to different disk categories. Let's say Crusher is quite standard. Uh, Mill is mass customized, it's almost standard, small variations. But then if you talk about uh, stackers, reclaimers, sometimes conveyors, there's much bigger engineering element, both in the product cost, but also in the actual design and execution. And typically that's inherently more riskier. And of course, we want to make sure that we cover that risk uh, with the margin, a risk provision, and then T's and C's so that we are not so exposed. So we, we, we started that journey already last year, but, but uh, I think, uh, we will make a much stronger implementation now this year. And it's also, we are looking at cement business, we are looking at all the mining business, and then that uh, PL structure for global PL product line uh, EBITDA will give us visibility what we need to performance manage uh, and, and reduce risk more, even more. Okay, and, and if you say you started last year, when will this then start to show up in your PL? Real. Would that be in 23? That, you know, the, the first sign should, should be in 23, right? But there's lead time between 12 and 24 months. So what we started uh, started uh, last year should, should show up maybe in the end of this year and then into 23 and into 24. So it's a little bit of a, a lead time in this. 
you know, now we're flagging that we're doing it, and uh, uh, and I think that's 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 the important point. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Gustav Hey from SCB. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Um, so my first question is in uh, relation to your revenue split uh, between a service and capital. Uh, you came in at uh, 56% service and 44% capital in uh, Q1, uh, which is very close to what you previously guided for. Um, but I was wondering, uh, is it uh, still looking to be the same for the next couple of quarters? And uh, what about uh, 2023, uh, now that we've seen uh, a lot of... Uh, yeah, well, a very big increase in especially capital orders. So, uh, so what should we expect uh, in regards to the split in, uh, yeah, in 2023 and beyond? Yeah, I think, th thank you for that. So when, when we guided, we guided roughly, roughly this split, and that, of course, included the, the, the Russian orders. And <clears throat> to the extent that we can sort of back, back them out and then place them elsewhere in the backlog, that will still be, uh, that will still be capital revenue. So I think you should assume that this split continues for another at least two quarters and then starts to, uh, to converge to, to uh, back, back to where it was. That's how I would, uh, would think about it. It all, of course, depends on the backlog now uh, coming in over the next two or three quarters. But I think important also to note that the orders coming in now is a lot more product orders and less uh, project orders. And that would be accretive to the margins compared to what you've seen in Q1. All right, thank you. Um, then uh, my next question, uh, now that we are hopefully getting closer to the closing of uh, the transaction, TK Mining, I was wondering if you could perhaps elaborate a bit on exactly how you expect to realize uh, the synergies from this transaction. For instance, if you could put a number on uh, your expected uh, employee overlap or, or redundancy uh, or, or where you expect to, to kind of uh, get the main synergies from this transaction. Yeah, so, so as we have said, uh, said before, and there's no change to that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of synergies uh, in, in, these, uh, in this transaction. There's overlap in, in assembly and operations. We have uh, overlap in, in, in engineering, we have overlap in, in, in the physical footprint, and also in uh, certain parts of the support functions. So all that needs to be, uh, needs to be integrated and merged, uh, and, and that's where the, uh, the synergies uh, will, will, uh, will come from. And then hopefully we will also see more than planned for from, uh, from procurement and uh, supply chain initiatives. All right, perfect, thanks. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then just my last question here. Um, now that uh, you announced another uh, clay calcination order in, uh, in Q1, which is uh, yeah, nice to see that your green ambitions uh, are starting to yield some revenue, um, you talk a lot about uh, your focus on sustainable profitability in uh, cement. So I was just wondering if you could uh, tell us anything about the, the margins uh, for these kind of uh, Perhaps more strategic uh, projects uh, that you that you're also doing uh, and want to to do more of in the future. So, so we are also see doing same shift in cement that it will become more service and, and product technology oriented business and, and we do less 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 projects and uh, uh, well the, some of these orders uh, the scope is maybe more than 
uh, what we would like, but we want to get these technology references. But we will also implement similar quota model for the cement that, that uh, the quota for the for this uh, riskier part of the business out of total business so that we can always keep it under check so that if it's smaller then we can sometimes do something which is uh, needed for the reference but uh, low margin but but it will be very strict uh, management for those so if there's no green credentials references uh, uh, that, that, that we can gain a lot strategically we don't want to do that so it's uh, couple of those orders, now we are credible, we develop technology together with customers, uh, we are leading, leading, leading players and cement in that area, that's important, but, but we are very selective uh, going forward with, the, with the, any project orders. Perfect, thanks. And then if I can just add a, a very last question. Um, you, uh, now that we're talking about, uh, yeah, especially volumes and, and the risk in the uh, that you won't take uh, volume over profitability uh, and so to that you're, you're lowering your risk. Um, but uh, now you also uh, told us that, uh, that most of your EBITDA um, improvement uh, in the quarter was from increased uh, revenue. Um, so is there any risk that, uh, that perhaps uh, lowering volumes in order to, to lower risk uh, could uh, have a negative impact on your margin instead of a, a positive one? Uh, we will uh, do careful portfolio analysis. Uh, when I was talking about uh, business line EBITDA, then we talk about product line EBITDA. And once uh, we, have a good, we have a fairly good understanding already today, we make it even, even better so that uh, we need to be active in our portfolio management in terms of uh, what, what products we have, what we don't have, what we do, what we don't. So it's about choices. And, and uh, choices sometimes means that we choose not to do certain things that will reduce the volume a bit, but at the same time the EBITDA percentage goes up. And, and uh, we are forming a strategy, a fairly solid strategy for that, and, and we are using then, once we have TK numbers in, uh, we will have a capital market there where we detail our, our strategy going forward, but it will be, it will be very much uh, profitability focused in addition to the, to the mission zero. All right, thank you. Um, that's uh, all for my time. Okay. Thank you very much for, for your time and, and spending time with me and Roland. And, and uh, thanks very much for the questions. And I look forward to meeting you soon again in uh, either face-to-face -face or then online. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you.